MLM Nation, episode 237. When you lead by example, other people will do the same thing. And, and that becomes infectious, right? That becomes viral. That, that's, that's where a network marketing or direct selling or multi-level business really becomes, you know, it just spreads. It becomes bigger than we ever thought it could be. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. To be successful, you need coaching. Someone to help you overcome obstacles, give you a kick in the butt, consistent training, and the right support group. Go get a dollar trial to MLM Nation Insider at MLMNationInsider.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chen, and let me ask you before we start, what's your purpose and vision? My purpose in doing what I do is to have a positive impact as many lives as possible, and that's why I founded ML Nation. Now, I'm loud and proud to be a network marketing professional because, number one, MLM allows us to fulfill our unlimited potential. Number two, network marketing allows us to give back more. Number three, MLM allows us to be better parents and create a legacy because you're always leading by example. So our mission at MLM Nation is to empower 10,000 distributors, achieve a full-time income. And so you, if you're listening out there, you must have a clear purpose and vision. Otherwise, you're never going to do these uncomfortable things that are necessary for success to happen. So that's why your vision and purpose is very important. Make sure you're clear with that. And before we start today's show, make sure you check out our partner, Networking Times. If you like ML Nation, you'll love Networking Times. Each issue is packed with amazing trainings and stories just like ML Nation. Go check it out at mlnation.net forward slash times. And now, here's today's iTunes review of the day. It comes from Sparky Lou out in the England, the UK. What's up? Across from the pond. And he says, great content. So let's listen to my first episode today. From there, followed up on some of the info given out in the show. Two hours later, and I'm still getting value from all the further resources. Simon's blog, YouTube, tons of content. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you, Sparky, for sharing. Thank you for your uh, review. If you're listening to the show, you like it, please, uh, you know, it's a free show. All we ask is subscribe, rate, and give a quick one or two minute review. Two could be two sentences review on iTunes. They mean a lot. So with that said, let's go to today's show. ML Nation, this is Simon Chen, and I am fired up to bring you a special show today, the purple episode. So why purple? No, it's not my favorite color, because, but it's a tribute to the purple cow written by Seth Godin, which is one of the best marketing books I've ever read. I read it in 2005, and it taught me how to be different and stand out. The lessons I learned in that book helped me build a six-figure passive income MLM business, as well as launch a successful coach training business and build three different online brands. So I'm calling it a purple episode as a tribute to Seth Godin, because if it wasn't for his book, I probably wouldn't be where I am today, and you definitely wouldn't be listening to MLM Nation. And the main lesson from the purple cow is you must do everything to be different and stand out. So that's why this is the purple episode, because it is different and it stands out from the rest of the episodes on the show. Each purple episode will pop up randomly. And today we have someone that not only has been involved in network marketing, he started a company, a very successful company, who produces a product distributed by a big MLM company. And his name is David Vanderveen. David, are you ready to make it happen? <laughs> I'm so ready, Simon. I'm ready to rumble. Let's get this thing going. <laughs> David Vanderveen has been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. In addition to being a network marketing distributor, David has also started traditional businesses at an early age. 
One of the businesses that he co-founded was an energy drink company who became very successful when his products were distributed by a huge MLM company. Due to the success of that energy drink, it was eventually purchased by that company. Today, David travels around the world to promote that brand. David has also been published in numerous media outlets, including the Huffington Post, the Orange County Register, the Sojourners, the Annenberg School of Journalism at USC's Religion Dispatchers, and the Laguna Beach Independent. David is married to his wife for 22 years. Sarah has two sons in college and lives out in Laguna Beach, California. So, David, I just given MLM Nation a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how did you start out as an entrepreneur in your early 20s? You know, it's funny. Uh, I've, I've always been an entrepreneur. My family, uh, a lot of my family members are entrepreneurs. Were you know somewhat recent immigrants, uh, Dutch immigrants, and the idea growing up, if, if you know, my father's a, a doctor. He had a medical practice, large private practice. Um, you know, the, the question he would always ask me is, uh, "Why are you working at this place, or why are you doing what you're doing? Is it because you want to buy a company like that, or because you want to start a company like that?" Um, there was no concept that you would build a career, a lifetime of work for somebody else. Um, the idea that was kind of imprinted in me and my brothers and sisters growing up was that uh, you, you know, the reason you do what you do is because ultimately uh, you want to own own your own thing. You want to control your own life. And uh, so for me, that was always kind of a given. And the question was just, how is it going to happen? And so if I've been an entrepreneur since I was very young. Um, you know, I started my first company right out of college. I started companies in college, started at least one company in college. But uh, it was always about figuring out a way to, uh, you know, to find an opportunity, execute it well, and, and have some ownership and control. So what was that first company started? What type of whatever did you get into? <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, one of the early companies I had was a, was a crystal jewelry business that uh, a friend of mine and I figured out. We, we'd uh, drive down to Joliet, Illinois. We would buy bags of these crystals from the, from the, the quartzite mine. Uh, we'd buy a big bag for three dollars, and then we we'd sell individual crystals for you know for um, five dollars a piece at New Age fairs. And we'd also make crystal necklaces that uh, I won't go into the detail, but you know they were they were cool and hip, and uh, we'd sell those for about thirty bucks a piece. So we had you know maybe a dollar fifty of uh, cost and labor into it, and we were making really good money. And, and that was a great way to start because uh, we didn't have a lot to lose. It took our time and, and sweat to build it. And, uh, and we found a target market that really wanted what we had to offer. And that was a great place to start to make some money, to have some success and to realize that starting a business didn't mean, you know, raising millions of dollars. You could do it with, uh, with money in your pocket, literally. Hmm. What were some of the early challenges you've had as a business or the early lessons you learned? Well, I, I think, you know, later, uh, when I was in my mid twenties, I, I didn't understand risk very well. I, <laughs> um, I didn't understand how bad and how quick you could lose money. And, uh, in the in the mid 1990s, I um, I was uh, invested more money than I had uh, and raised money uh, to start a biotech company in Venezuela before Chavez took took power, and I I didn't realize things like coup d'etats happen and you know that banks could get frozen and that your uh, your partner in a foreign country could literally you know go into a bank bribe the teller and embezzle money that way because those things just don't happen in the United States. So there were some things I had to learn some some of them the hard way. Um, but, you know, I, I at a, in my mid-20s lost more money than I had and uh, owed a lot of people money and had to figure out how to get how to dig out of that. And so that kind of forced me to look at more low, low, uh, lower risk opportunities. And, um, you know, so I started building a network marketing company about the same time because that was another way that, that I could get back to something that made sense to me, where I could basically build a company with the sweat off my brow, not have to make a big investment financially. 
And if I put the effort in and if I worked hard and if I made the and basically, you know, made the sales happen, um, you know, I could make a very, very nice return on, on my time and uh, and still maintain that level of freedom that I was really interested in. How did you get involved to introduce to network marketing? Um, I met a I was flying up to uh, I was I was at the time I was running a small beverage alcohol laboratory in the Napa Valley, a wine laboratory. Um and I was flying up to visit some uh, clients of ours at uh, big clients in, in Washington State, and I ended up sitting down next to a um, a guy who was involved in network marketing and started asking me questions. And the questions he asked, uh, you know, frankly, they were kind of uh, it was you know, are you making all the money you want to make? Things like that, and it was kind of obvious where the where the conversation was headed. Um, but I was looking, and I think that's the big key is you know trying to the the quality of the opportunity isn't really the issue. I think where, where people get confused is, um, you know, the difference between having something that's great versus looking for people who uh, who are looking. And I think that's what you're trying to sift through when you're building a network marketing business is, you know, one, who is my target? You know, and, and, and that's a really important thing to understand. It's generally it's people looking for an early entry business opportunity um, you know, you're not going to VCs, you're talking to people that want to start their own business and don't have a lot of resources, probably not a lot of experience, but, but are hungry. And, um, and then being able to present the opportunity in a way that it's intriguing, that it gets people to pay attention. It gets them to think bigger than maybe what they've experienced or what they believe is even possible about themselves. Um, one of the things I like to say, and I've said this over and over again, uh, I think people are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And the only way that we discover that is by pushing ourselves and trying things. And and I would say, you know, and obviously you don't want to kill yourself. You want to limit your risk. <laughs> you don't want to get into some of the problems I had in my mid-20s. It was a good time to learn those lessons, but you don't want to get into those problems if you don't have to. And a great way to do that is through a through an MLM type, type business, a network marketing business, where, um, you know, to me, I, I've always said it's like going to the gym for, for business. You have to learn how to contact people, to talk to people. You have to learn how to present an idea and add enough value to their life that they start to generate some belief and trust in you. And then I think the most important thing in your job, if you can get people interested, is to actually help them be successful. Not just sign them up, not just you know sell them some products or fill the garage with something, but really help them learn how to develop themselves, how to be successful themselves. And that is how great you know multi-level businesses or network marketing businesses are really created. And that's fairly universal. Um, I just spoke for uh, Success University, and and you know that's pretty much everybody in the industry, and and I think what you'll see universally um, is that the uh, when you're when you're our our competition in network marketing isn't other network marketing companies. Our competition in network marketing companies is everybody that's not a network marketing company. It is still a brand new way of doing business that most people don't understand that they confuse with you know, Ponzi schemes and goofy things that have happened over the years. They don't understand the billions and billions of dollars that are being generated in the in the industry, you know, and and, and the way that it's taking out a lot of the middleman to really help individual, you know, mom and pop, the, the, the small business owners of America create value where there wasn't value before, where they're being taken advantage of in, in a lot of ways. And I think that's really exciting. You know, the only way that we can turn around an economy, I don't care what economy you're in on this planet, is by helping more people start businesses that they control. When we do that, we can fundamentally turn around an economy. We can help people turn around their own lives, and that gets really exciting. And that, I think, is uh, is 
what network marketing is about, what multi-levels are about, and why I've stayed so engaged over the years, even though I've done other things, you know, in, in, in traditional business as well. Yeah, really good points. And, you know, we have people out there like Lorianne and Manuel. It's really good gold nuggets. By the way, if you, David's been dropping gold nuggets left and right here. If you feel this is helpful, share it. Get your team, your downlines to listen in because you are hearing from someone with over 20 years of entrepreneurial experience here. Uh, so, David, let me go back. Uh, when you first started and um, you got started with network marketing, how was your experience? How was your first couple of weeks and then what eventually happened? Sure. Well, you know, like like everybody, um, I wasn't a natural. <laughs> I, I I failed a lot. Um, my the guy who sponsored me in, in the business we were in uh, lived up in Seattle, and I lived down in the Napa Valley. So, you know, I didn't have somebody holding my hand, which I, I recommend. It's better if you can have someone local helping you. I had to I had to jump in the pool and learn how to tread water. And I remember the first time I showed a plan to a new guy. Um, I had no idea how to do it. I thought I could just, you know, present this great opportunity that I believed in, and he would see the same thing that I saw. And of course, you know, he didn't. He literally got up and ran out, and and that kind of freaked me out. But I realized the real problem wasn't the opportunity. I had to learn how to present it better. Um, but I learned that I I had to learn to get over my own fear. I think that's a, probably a common thing you'll hear. And I'm sure in a lot of your interviews. And and the way that I got out of my fears, you know, got out of out of my comfort zone and, and got over some of those fears was I would call the guy that freaked out and ran away from me um, every day when, when, when I was calling people to try and connect with them. I'd always call him first. His name was Norm. I called him negative Norm. And I would call him first because I knew when I called him, he would go, ah, he would hang up and he wouldn't want to talk to me anymore. And when I did that, I said, you know, that's going to be the worst call that I had today. Mm. Everything from here is going to be going to be going to be better. And so it gave me kind of a, a fun little head game to get over some of the fear. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert is a famous author. She was talking about fear, and she said, "You know, fear should be your friend. Fear is is this um, this thing inside you that keeps you from killing yourself. It's it's there for a reason. And part of what uh, what I think we need to do with fear is to recognize it, address it. Thank you, fear. I realize you're trying to protect me. Talk to it, and then move past it." And say, I realize what you're trying to do. This is very important. You're doing your job. But I don't need you right now. And so so I'm going to do something else. And I think part of our job as humans is to constantly push ourselves further, to do more than we thought we could, to try things that we didn't think we could do. I mean, starting a a, a network marketing business is a great way to to push yourself probably beyond ways that you thought you could be successful. And, And I used to say this all the time. I said, you know, When you show a plan to somebody and somebody says, oh, no, this isn't for me, or they start criticizing it and they come up with a laundry list of reasons, they're really not saying no to you and they're really not saying no to the opportunity. They're really saying no to themselves. What they're really saying is, I don't think I can do this. I don't believe that I can be successful making this happen. If they did, they would do it, right? I mean, the opportunities are too good. And, And what I've pointed out is most people won't say it that way because, you know, that hurts our own egos when we say, I don't think I'm good enough. So they'll, 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 you know, try and rip apart the plan or they'll try and criticize something that you're doing or maybe they'll criticize you personally. None of it really matters. It's not about you. It's about them and it's about their impression of themselves. And I think what we have to get better at is, is actually addressing that. I love to say this. I, I, I look, I realize you're probably looking at me and thinking, well, yeah, you can do it, but how would I do it? Um, and you know, then people laugh because obviously I'm not that talented either. But the thing that the thing that um, that I want to get them to is is to admit that look, what you're really concerned about here is that you don't think you can do this. And I get it. You probably met people that have failed. That's fine. Um, in fact, let me tell you a couple bad stories. You know, I'd always have a couple bad stories about some 
distributors I had heard about that had done some things they shouldn't have done. One guy invited all his family and friends over to show him a plan. Wouldn't tell him what was going on. They get over to his house. They think he has cancer or he's sick or about to die or something. And the guy shows him a, shows him a plan, and you know they freaked out and ran out. I say, look, I, I get it. This, here's, a, here's an example of somebody that did something really stupid. I would never do that to you. I'm not doing it to you now. That wasn't my question. My question when I'm sitting down with somebody is, have you ever met someone who's been really successful at what we're doing? Because until you have your impression, your ideas, your criticisms are kind of unwarranted. They're invalid. And what we should be doing is you should take your list of questions. Some of the people that I work with who are super talented, who've been really successful and have helped a lot of people just like you be successful. And then you should you should do a better evaluation with some people that can help you actually think about what success means in this industry. And so I think for, for me, it was getting past that my fear of them rejecting me or them rejecting my plan, which was foolish. They were really just rejecting themselves and, they, you know, they're really rejecting their own um, belief in what they they thought they could accomplish. And what I had to get good at was addressing that and saying, yeah, hey, look, it's OK. I know you're probably nervous. I know you probably don't think you can do it. That's OK. I didn't think I could do it either. But let's go talk to some people that have. Let's go meet some people who have been successful because I think that's where you're going to get to whether or not this could work for you. Because if it does work, if it does everything I say it's going to do, if, it's, if, it, if it delivers on the promise that I'm offering you, why the heck wouldn't you do it? What other options do you have? And that's where I think you know when you're talking to the right target and they're interested, that's where you make some, some big hits. That is so good. Hey, for those who are watching on Facebook Live, that's a writer downer. Most people say they don't, they're not saying no to the opportunity. They say no because they, they are, of the fears. And I love what you said, Dave. He's like, what you really think is you really don't think you can do this. And right. you're helping them get over it. You know, that's an awesome tip. By the way, if you're watching, you think this is helpful, please share it. Get people on here live. Um, now, two questions. And this is nuggets of wisdom from David Van Derveen. So go check him out. We've tagged it on here. Um, now, talk about fears. I have two questions about that. I want to dig a little deeper. Uh, first question is, how do you, what do you do to get over your fear? I mean, you talk about pushing yourself out, outside a comfort zone. Uh, what type of routines or mental tricks you do? Because there's a habit that gets developed. Sure. Well, I, I think um, two things. I think, one, you know, any multi-level or, or direct selling business, you know, network marketing business is built from daily habits. And the way that you create great daily habits is by putting mechanisms into your life that force you to do the things you don't want to do. We'll typically do all the things we're really good at and ignore the things that we know we're not very good at. And so what we have to get good at is forcing the things into our lives that we don't want to do. A a really funny one I used to do was um, I hated getting new names, uh, contacting people that I had to, uh, you know, show a plan to. Otherwise, you don't have a pipeline. You're not going to build a business no matter how, how many books read no matter how many tapes you listen to right so i'm dating myself how many audio podcasts you listen to but the um so what i would do is i would say look um i can't get that first cup of coffee until i actually get a name i can't i would even limit myself i'd say if it got to be a point where i really need to i'd say you're not allowed to go to the bathroom until you get the next name because here's what i know I know that I want a cup of coffee. I know that I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and then at that point, it wasn't even about getting a great name. It was just about going through the exercise. It was about putting the, getting the routine in your life. That's why I say I think multi-levels is a lot like going to the gym. It's like working out in business because it forces you to do all these things that you'll probably never have to do in a job because typically when you're in a job, someone's taking that kind of work out of it. Um, and so, you know, it, the hardest thing for me initially was going out and getting names. Uh, the second thing that I had to learn to do was get really consistent about following the people on my team, um, understanding the challenges. You know, the people typically want to tell you the good things that are happening in their business. I had to start to learn to ask the more difficult questions and dig into that. 
and then work with them, literally invest my time helping them be successful, help them make phone calls, help them make contacts, help them do the things that I don't like to do either. Um, and when, you know, I think what everyone finds is when you do that consistently, you get consistent results. And it really, uh, the opportunity becomes secondary to the work habit. You can almost make anything successful if you have the right work habit and you have a, you know, you have a, obviously assuming a decent product, a good margin. Um, but it's, it's the effort and the consistency, particularly when you don't have a boss, particularly when you don't have somebody that's making you punch a time clock or show up on time when it's up to you. I like to say it's like going to the gym, right? I mean, there's plenty of people in the world that have gym memberships and are still fat. That doesn't mean the gym doesn't work. Uh, the treadmill's just working just fine. Push-ups and sit-ups work just great. Uh, the challenge we all face is creating new habits in our lives. Um, it usually takes about 30 days to create a new habit. And the only way that you'll do that, um, most, you know, the reason that only 10% of you know, people, are, they say, are self-starters is because the other 90% of us, me included, need someone else to help us. Right. That's why I have a trainer at the gym because I know what I do at the gym. I go to the gym and I'll work out a little bit, maybe for 20, 30 minutes. And I'll be like, oh, that's enough. Or, you know, I'll do maybe I'll do 20 sit ups, not 30. I'm supposed to do three sets of 30. When my trainer there, I call him Canute the Viking Warlord. <laughs> Man, he pushes me so much harder than I will ever push myself. And that's why, obviously, having a great upline, a great coach, a great mentor who will work with you, who will be available, who will help you break through the barriers in your own life, that is essential. Um, gym memberships work fine. Network marketing, direct selling businesses work fine. Uh, the big, the big thing that we're all looking for, whether you own a gym or whether you own a multi-level business or whether you're an upline building a business, what everyone's looking for, are people who will actually show up and do the work, uh, people who will be accountable to somebody. And so, when I think when people are looking at a business or they're involved in a business, the biggest key is find that upline that you can plug into who will help you get your work done and will keep you going and will make you do things you're not willing to do, who will, who will lead you through those barriers, who will hold your hand as you're kind of trying to push through and break out of the things that freak you out. I still have things that scare me. Mm. And I've become very, very deliberate in my life about breaking through those barriers, about doing things that I don't like to do, about learning new things that maybe I don't find fun that aren't my spiritual gift or whatever people call it. Um, usually it's the things that aren't our spiritual gift, the things that aren't you know, we aren't natural at that we've really got to invest in and we really have to lean into. And that's ultimately where we tend to round ourselves out and become much more valuable humans as a result. Really good advice. And uh, Andrew, Andrew David out there, you typed it. You grapple with prioritizing daily. Uh, David just great, gave great advice. He's like, going to the gym without a trainer, we tend to slack off. So go find yeah. the upline, the mentor, the coach. And if you have downlines, it's also like what you said, Dave. You spend time with them. And when you spend time with them, they see your efforts, see your con consistency. And that becomes contagious. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, that's a, it's, look, when you, when you lead by example, other people will do the same thing. And, and that becomes infectious, right? That becomes viral. That, that's, that's where a network marketing or direct selling or multi-level business really becomes, you know, it just spreads. It becomes bigger than we ever thought it could be. Um, but it starts with the leader. It starts with the actions that we take, the behaviors that we model. And then, you know, when we can create it into a system that other people can replicate, that's when it becomes incredibly valuable to a society. What was your, shifting gears a little bit, what was your worst, worst moment in network marketing? <laughs> oh, man. Um, that's a great question. Probably my worst, worst moment. Oh, wow. My worst, worst moment was, well, there's, there's you know, there's a, probably the probably the biggest thing for me was when um, we were using a voicemail system and I had a downline 
who had sent me a very negative message and he was he was a you know he had a lot of potential but um probably was uh you know his ego was a little bit bigger than his his ability at the time and um and it, he sent me a message that really upset me and so i this was old voicemail technology i forward i thought i was forwarding the voicemail to my upline and i sent a note on the front of it you know voice note on the front that said if i ever treat you like this you can essentially rip off my head and down my neck and uh, blah 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 and kept dumping on this this guy and i sent it to my whole group including my upline including the guy who sent me the oh, note oh wow and um and it was a really good lesson for me because um you know look we all want to feel bad we, we all have times where we don't like what somebody does to us and we want to tell somebody how, what a jerk they are and 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 um you know that's that's natural what's unnatural is to not do that and to train yourself to be as positive as you can about people, particularly when they're not treating you very well, particularly when they're your downline and you feel like you've invested in them and they're not, they're not seeing the value in that. Um, and, and the lesson that I learned from that, because, you know, it had ramifications, um, that guy quit our business and, and he had huge potential and I should have just had more patience. Um, but it also taught me that whatever, you know, especially these days, whatever you say about somebody, somebody else, just assume they're going to hear it and never say something in, in private or public that you wouldn't want heard by that person. Um, you know, really live the idea that if you invest more positive into people than they're willing to give you, it will come back around mm -hmm. and that there is a tremendous value in, in honestly loving people and not just pretending to, uh, people know the difference and, and, you know, I got caught. I did something I shouldn't have been doing. It was a bad, it was a bad action on my part. And uh, I try really hard not to do those things now. So, you know, email, you can get, you can have the same issues. And, um, yeah, so, um, you know, that was uh, my own fault. It was my own problem. And uh, it was, it was a great lesson for me not to, uh, not to ever talk badly about people that you're working with and, and really anybody. Really focus on the positive in people and how to invest love into them. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, it takes a lot of courage. How did you get? How did you get overcome that? How did you recover from that? From because you sent your entire organization. Like you I apologize. Yeah, I apologized uh, with with no. Uh, I didn't make any excuses. Hmm. Um, I you know I, I think the great thing about American people and this is people throughout the world, but particularly in America. You know, I mean, our brands we sell in fifty countries now, so I travel around the world talking to a lot of different people. But I think if you admit your mistake right away. Uh, you don't try and hide from it. You don't try and pretend that it wasn't your fault. You don't make excuses for it. You just own it. Just say, you know what? This is all me. I apologize. I did this wrong. I should not have done this. Uh, I've embarrassed this guy. He doesn't deserve that. That's my fault. Um, and I'm really sorry. Uh, most people will forgive you and, and maybe even think better of you for it because we all make mistakes. I used to sell big projects in, in healthcare. Um, it's part of a consulting firm that I built up and helped sell in the one point in the late '90s. And you know, when one of the bigger healthcare companies, when we would sell a project to them, they'd say, "Well, do you guys have you know? Tell us about some of the problems in your projects and how you address them." And one of the things that I said right away was, "I said, look, um, every big project has problems. Every single one of them. There's because there's too many variables and unknowns." I said, "So I'm not going to tell you we don't have problems in our projects. Of course we do." Uh, but here's what I will tell you. We will always be transparent. We will always tell you the truth. And the second that we identify a problem, you will be the first to know. And we will solve this together. And uh, that helped us win a lot, a lot of great business. 
And, um, it, you know, in, in turnarounds, too, I've done some business turnarounds where I'm, I'm still partners with, with one gentleman that, um, that we went through a really, really, really rough turnaround. And uh, we didn't always have good news. But he said the one thing, he said this to me a few years ago. He said, you know, David, he said, he said you didn't always have good news for me. But I always knew you were telling the truth. And I think, um, I think that, you know, being willing to apologize when you make, look, we're all going to make a mistake. Don't worry about it. Don't try and hide it. Don't try and lie about it. Just own it. And, and be honest and transparent. That goes so far, especially in a network marketing business, which is driven by relationship. That's all you have in a network marketing business. And so if you're not adding value to people, if you're not really, truly loving them, if you're not investing in them, and if you're not the leading by example when it comes to making mistakes and apologizing and owning it and not making excuses for it, you will, you will create great organizations of people who who not only do succeed in multi-level, but succeed in life. I mean, that's, a, that's how you succeed with your spouse. That's how you succeed with your kids. You know, Dad's not always right. Dad makes mistakes, and I'm really sorry when I do. My, it, it helps my boys so much to have parents that are willing to admit mistakes. Um, it helps them in life because now they're comfortable admitting when they make mistakes. And uh, I think modeling that is, uh, is one of the best things you can do for other people. Hmm. Uh, let's uh, move on a little bit to your entrepreneurial journey. How did you go from network marketing to starting your <laughs> own uh, energy drink company? And then eventually, and why did you, sh- which you chose network marketing as a distribution channel? How did that happen? Right. So I've, I've done a, diff- a bunch of different things. Um, and I won't go through them all, but in the late 1990s, I was part of a large uh, dot-com startup in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area. It was about the same time that my network marketing business was actually really taking off as well. And uh, the team I was with, we raised a grand total of $60 million in two rounds. Uh, we were managing uh, uh, basically internet data centers, you know, servers and co-location facilities. Very boring business. It was the plumbing of the internet, and we were doing a very good job of it. Uh, and my job, I was the head of sales and marketing, so I had to try and make it sexy. And at that time, there was a big new energy drink brand that was just coming out from Austria. Everybody probably knows which one it is. And um, and we bought a distributorship. I, I bought a distributorship uh, so that we could – we created a two-story trade show booth with a big bar in the center of it with this brand that everybody loved. And it attracted all, all kinds of people. We'd go to Comdex at, uh, you know, in Las Vegas, and we were not the sexiest business. We were a necessary business, more of a utility. But everybody came to our trade show booth to get those drinks because they're tired, they're hungover, and this, this, was, this was value. And it showed me that it was a great way to connect with people and attract them to to you know to your business. And uh, so fast forward, you know, the dot coms unfortunately you know blew up in the in two thousand. In fact, the data centers we were in went out of business. Our company eventually went out of business during that period. And um, so I had to start over. I was looking for something something to do outside of my network marketing business because even though we had had great success in our network marketing business, it wasn't really enough to live to live on in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is you know, one of the most expensive places on earth to live. So um, I found a company that was doing uh, low glycemic sports nutrition that was in a lot of trouble but had some had some glimmers of hope and, um, and basically brought this concept. I said, look, you know, you're doing some really early entry things. At that time, you know, the Atkins diet was popular. So they were doing – they were getting sh- simple sugars and starches out of people's diets with, with, with sports snacks. I said, but we gotta we gotta put some legs and lipstick on this pig. We gotta make it interesting. And um, and so I said, we need to make an energy drink, but we need to do it differently. Um, I want to attract people who don't buy this other brand. Um, I want to make an energy drink for everybody else. So we were the first ones to be sugar free, the first ones to do flavors, first ones to taste great, first ones to do mega doses of B12. First, so we created a different energy experience. 
and um, and it really it really took off. And we would and we and we were looking for alternate distribution. I didn't want to go head to head with the other you know the, with the leading brands with the eight hundred pound gorillas, and the, which are eighty percent of which are sold in convenience stores or in on premise in bars and restaurants. So we went into grocery and big box stores. We sampled and sold. We tested, and we did really well. We'd sell sixty cases a day, where the competitor would sell twenty cases in a week. And and we were we were attracting mom, the person who buys buy the case for the home. We were selling to mom, um, the person who would buy you know an energy drink and a diet soda in the same shopping cart. Um, but I realized that when mom got home, mom was the decision maker, but not the approver. Mom would get home and. And, and basically, you know, the family, the teens, dad, et cetera, would either go, oh, this is a great choice, man, thanks for bringing this home, or we don't want this again. And, you know, our product, when it, when it got to people's houses, uh, they were back, you know, for more. So it was, it was a, great, a great opportunity. The challenge was, you know, it was, we were coming out of, this company was coming out of a turnaround, very hard to raise money for because of previous debt and other things that, that had happened. And so I started looking for alternate distribution channels. And obviously, I was in one. Um, I was a young distributor. A lot of the products that we had were built for older distributors. And I thought, man, this would be one of the easiest ways to connect with the next generation of entrepreneurs if we had something that just inst- had created an instant connection. Wow, this, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an energy drink. It tastes great. It's pretty healthy, actually. Pretty good for you. And, um, and it's, it's just a better experience. And so we... Uh, we were able to get a test in September of 2002, and uh, where we could test two SKUs, two flavors that we had. Um, we had to guarantee a six-month. They did. They bought a six-month uh, uh, forecast. We had to guarantee the buyback of it. And um, it's funny. We because we were distributors, we thought differently about the role of products in our business. Um, we really wanted to focus on the product as a marketing tool for people's. For, for their for their businesses rather than just something you'd use and consume or sell to somebody else. And so we really changed a lot of the, the way that that people thought about the role of products in our business. And we had a whole tra- teaching and training program. Rather than try and give somebody a PhD in nutrition, we focused on giving them an MBA and how to build their business with our brand. And that was remarkably successful. Um, we sold out of a six-month forecast in a weekend. Wow. Um, and we chased vol. We, we had a hard time even keeping up with demand. Um, we became, uh, you know, one of the fastest growing energy drink brands in North America. We've become one of the bigger and more successful energy drink brands around the world now. We're in 50 countries. And, um, you know, a year and a half ago, we finally sold it to, uh, to our partner, who we had done so well with for so many years. Um, I was asked early on, I was in the cover of Adweek magazine, and, and they said, you know, what's this? I was a uh, keynote speaker, I think, at... Um, the Jay Scheid Awards, these big, these advertising awards, and so we said, "Well, what's the what's the secret of your success? Why are you so successful?" You know, and and I said, "Well, the the product's unique. You can't find it other places, and I think it offers value that people didn't even know they wanted. Um, it's great. We've 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 carved out a white space that no one else is in, and it's something that really people seem to to want. Um, but I said, more importantly, it's the the platform that we are distributed on." Uh, that company and their distributors are are like ninjas. They're, you don't see them. You don't even know they exist. And they are one of the most powerful distribution channels on earth. And that's why I'm 
you know, when I was at Success University doing this talk, the keynote talk, the um, the thing that I kept coming back to was when I lived in the Napa Valley, Robert Mondavi, you know, really helped build the Napa Valley. And the way he did it was very different because there were other wineries in the valley. In fact, he came, his family's winery, Charles Krug, had been there for, for generations. Um, but what he did that was very different is he went out and started marketing the valley and not his wine. He started saying, look, the, this this place is unique. He talked about the microclimates and the and the different soils and the way that the fog came up the valley. And he really got people to fall in love with the Napa Valley. And then he said, if if you like the Napa Valley, you can you can you can have some if you if you buy buy my wine. But he became really an ambassador for the valley, and that created a rising tide that all the ships, that all the all the businesses, all the wineries could tag onto, and and become premium and sell at a higher level and and create this whole new category of business. And I think that's one of the big opportunities right now. I think rather than argue about, you know, who's the best network marketing company or, or uh, you know, who's had the most successful distributor, I don't really care. What I care about is how do we get more people to see this opportunity for themselves? Because they're missing it right now. If you're working in a job and you're not doing something else, you're missing it. It doesn't have to be multi- network marketing or multi You've got to be doing something else. You're killing yourself if you're not getting equity. And the, the, one of the easiest ways to get equity in anything today is by starting a network marketing or multi-level business and creating all of this value on the side just from sweat that you invest. From, from And by the way, you'll learn so much about yourself, you'll learn so much about how to work with people, about building relationships that, that translates into so many other areas of life if you do it right. It's unbelievable, but you got to start, you got to do it, you got to find a coach that's going to help you, and I think that's where ultimately the big value comes in. It's so good. Thank you for sharing about the Mandavi. I didn't know about that. That's yeah. really, really good. And uh, yeah, if you're getting tons of value watching a Facebook Live, you know, give a thumbs up, a heart. A couple more questions, Dave. This has been so good. I know I said sure. 35, yeah. 40 minutes, but you've been so good. I'll go um, as long as you want. Yep. You know, you've been traveling a lot to uh, like 50 different countries, promoting your brand. How have you, and you've been you're in the profession for a long time around the industry. Right. How have right. you seen the industry change? I mean, for Americans, we just know MLM. Like, you, you've gone to like the Ukraine, to Russia. What's it like in those countries? Yeah, throughout Asia. I think, well, you know, different different countries have different cultures. One of the things I like to say is, you know, I know what I'm trying to say when I'm in these countries, um, but you're going through translation. They have different cultural backgrounds. My my question is, what are they hearing? What is what do they think what I'm saying means? I mean, we're exporting the Southern California beach lifestyle to the world, um, and it's worked really, really well for us. And you know, what we like to say when you buy our energy drink. You basically are getting a piece of Laguna Beach in each can. If you go to Japan, it says born in Laguna Beach, brewed in Japan, right on the can. Because um, we realize that everybody loves the idea of individual freedom and liberty. Um, people want that. They they don't want an American flag anymore necessarily because we've I think we've gone too many places and stayed too long. Um, we're viewed as occupiers by a lot of the world. But uh, and that's not because we had bad intent, but I think it's just what you know what's happened. But so what we're very careful about, we export a Southern California beach lifestyle and, and the ability to determine the life you want. Uh, I like to say that um, we, we do a lot of big public events where there's a lot of people who aren't involved in our business and clubs and, you know, DJ shows and outdoor events that we do, um, you know, adventure sports activities. And one of the things I like to say is, look, if you haven't been chosen by the right team or the right school or the right profession, that's okay. Because now with us, you can choose yourself. Um, the only challenge is you got to choose yourself every day, and and that's not easy. And so one of the coolest things about you know our type of business is you can be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And I think that's that's huge. And people, most people don't even understand how valuable that is. 
Um, when I'm traveling the world, the biggest thing that I see is that not everybody has the same fabric of freedom that we have in North, in the, in North America. Um, you know, we've been, we've been, we've been driving this idea that people should be entrepreneurs. It's an elevated kind of cause, uh, for, you know, for a couple hundred years. And the rest of the world doesn't necessarily always think that way. If you go to a place like Russia, where we do a lot of business now, we're just launching actually in Russian Kazakhstan, and, and our our parent company has you know been there for a long time. Um, you know, Russians are wonderful people; they are amazing. Um, but freedom is kind of a new concept there. You know, they went straight from being controlled by czars to being controlled by the Bolsheviks and the Communist Party. They didn't have hundreds of years of freedom to understand how this works and 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 to not have to look up to somebody else for for their daily bread. Um, I was in Ukraine as an example. I was we launched three days after the revolution. Um, I was in Ukraine, in and out of Ukraine during the the pr big protests in Maidan. We lost two of our distributors in Maidan. Um, you know, uh, it was very violent. And uh, I did I did security rounds with our distributors because there were no police, um, so we would drive around at night and try to keep neighborhoods safe and things like that. I still have my orange helmet, um, but I was I was posting a lot of stuff on social media. I wrote an article on, for Sojourners about it, and somebody one of my friends said, "What are you doing selling sodas in Revolution?" And uh, and I said I was kind of chuckled. I said, "Well, you know, it may look kind of strange, but but here's how I view the world." I said, um, "We have four main core values at our parent company, freedom, family, hope, reward. And when our distributors anywhere in the world, I, I don't get involved in the politics. I don't tell people how to vote. That's their decision. They need to vote their conscience. But when our distributors somewhere in the world stand up and say, I have a right to my own voice. I have a right to vote. I have a right to protest. We have to support them or we have to take freedom off the wall. And what, and I said, what the reason I'm here, like my wife was saying, why are you going, you know, it's dangerous. She said, why are you going to Ukraine right now? This is crazy. And I said, because if we don't go in and support these distributors, when, when it does cost us a lot, when it could cost us everything, could cost me my life, then we're not really serious about the value. And, um, and, and I explained to my friend, I said, look, I think there's a, there's a hierarchy of freedom. It starts at the economic level. It goes to social freedom, political freedom, religious or spiritual freedom. If you can't feed yourself, if you can't make that first economic circle work, if you can't control your own life economically, if you can't get economic freedom, the other freedoms don't matter. Social freedom, political freedom, religious freedom. And so the reason that I was selling sodas in the Ukraine, as, he, as my friend so, so, you know, says in, in a humorous way, is because I truly believe that that what we do helps people who, in some cases, you know, Ukraine, the average worker makes $200 a month, who have very little. We can help them get control of their life financially. And when we can help them do that, then they can take care of their other freedoms. That's not our job to do the other ones, but it is our job to help them get that first circle right, that economic circle right, so that they can start to focus on things that are infinitely more important. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Hey. Want to know the best places to find new prospects in a new city? What places to advertise and find leads? As an MLM Nation Insider member, you can get How to Find Prospects in a New City course and all my other training courses for free. Normally, these courses sell for $47 on our website, but all MLM Nation Insider members have free access anytime. You definitely want to be an Insider member. Go take a dollar trial and check it out at www.mlmnationinsider.com That's mlmnationinsider.com
Uh, we do wrap up. Some really quick questions to pick your brain. And these could be like a one-word answer, one-sentence answers. Okay? Okay. So really quickly. Yeah. Uh, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Uh, I've, I, uh, I'll tell you my favorite one is by a guy named Walker Percy. And I'm just uh, – I, I should have it memorized, but I want to make sure I get it absolutely right. Um, he says, I have learned the most important difference between people – is between those for whom life is a quest and those for whom it is not. And I think the reason I love that quote so much is I believe that life is a grand adventure. And the way that we make meaning out of the chaos of the universe is by putting meaning into it. That's what we do as humans. That's what we're called to be. And I think that when we do that, when we view life as an adventure, when we harness the power of the universe to... uh, to move with it, to flow with it, and, and to take advantage of it. We can have great power. What's one habit that's helped you become successful? Um, learning to not hold everything so tightly. Learning to let go a little bit. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Uh, save some money. Um, do you have a favorite online resource you use like a Dropbox or Evernote or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend Uh, my favorite app on my phone right now is uh, um, that's a great question I use uh, use TripIt all the time I'm traveling constantly and it freaks me out if I look at my schedule too far out so I have uh, my assistant fill in TripIt and I just look at it every day and I know wherever I'm going to end up it's going to be a fun time it's going to be awesome and what's one book you could recommend to ML Nation? <laughs> um, I love Gary Vaynerchuk's Jab, 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 Right Hook. Awesome book. And uh, ML Nation, I know you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing free audio book at MLMNationBook.com. Rob Bell has a new book out called How to Be Here. It is unbelievable. It's about being present in relationships, and it will train your brain to, to not just be thinking about the next thing you have to do, but really focus on the person you're talking to so that they can feel the love in the relationship that you're trying to build. Thank you. You know, I'm very into that stuff. Meditation present. I'm going to get it. Rod Bell, right? Rob Bell. Got yep. it. R- Rob Bell, how to be here. Got it. And um, here's the million-dollar question, the last question. You ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you had to start all over again, in the network marketing business, and you knew no one. So you didn't even know your wife, Sarah, or sons. You know yeah. no one. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch? Well, these days it's a lot different than when I started because we have the internet. We have the World Wide Web. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would focus on uh, – I would find somebody that could help me understand how to connect with people online in – in a way that added value to them and got them to ask questions I wanted to answer about my network marketing business. I think that is uh, truly one of the most revolutionary opportunities in multi-level today. Uh, as, as we wrap up, any last words? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you and learn more about what you do? <laughs> well, I'm on Facebook. I'm public on Facebook and on, um, on Instagram. I'm uh, David Vanderveen on Facebook and I'm David58 on Instagram. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm the, it's easiest to connect with me via social media and people can send me questions. I'm very active. I usually answer right away and I, I love interaction. So I'm, uh, I'm committed to helping more people find freedom in their lives. However it happens, not just in the business that I work in. Definitely. I mean, you risked your life in the Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, it's a little easy. bit. Yeah. Hey, yeah. 
MLM Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with David Vanderveen. So keep <laughs> up the momentum and go to MLMNation.net. Just type in David at the search bar and the show notes. All the nuggets of wisdom that David shared will be right there. In order to be successful in any business, especially network marketing, you must help others. So David, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much for sharing your valuable time. We appreciate you. God bless you, David. Thanks, Simon. Same to you and uh, thank you for having me on your show. Want to know how to prospect more confidently and speak with influence? As an ML Nation Insider member, you get my Speak to Influence course along with 17 other training courses for free. These courses are normally $47, but with your dollar trial, you get all of them for free for seven days. Go check it out at MLMNationInsider.com. Again, that's MLMNationInsider.com. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chen. Woo! What an awesome show from David Vanderveen. It's just so inspiring to see entrepreneurs who go into the network marketing profession. Uh, by the way, definitely connect with David. This guy's got over 20 years of experience. He has an awesome lifestyle. Okay, He lives in Laguna Beach. I, I'm serious. When, before I called him, I told him we are doing Facebook Live. I, he made me wait for a couple minutes because he had to go in and grab a shirt. on Because I guess he thought it was all, the podcast was audio only. He didn't know we were doing live streaming. So anyway, David Vanderveen, go to mlnation.net. Search for David and the show notes will pop up. So here are some of the um, aha moments. I took over two pages of notes here on my iPad. Okay, I use an iPad with an Apple Pencil. This is a bit most game-changing technology for me and so let me just start off with I'm gonna go straight from the top you know he grew up in an entrepreneurial family like he kind of like a little different from most people most of us were you know taught to go to school get a job uh, he was blessed uh, to have a father that told him hey work for yourself okay work start your own business don't you know don't be living someone else's dream fulfilling someone else's dream so he got started his own business and he got started network marketing. Notice that he did other businesses, but when he lost all that money, when he went, he did an international business, and because of the coup d'état during Venezuela, he lost everything, got scammed, uh, he got embezzled. He chose network marketing. And one of the things I wrote down was, it's not the quality of the opportunity is never the issue. How true is that? The quality of the opportunity is never the issue. We know we have an awesome business, awesome opportunity, but it's looking for the right people. Right, looking for the right people who are, you're looking for people who are looking. And there's lots of people, most people are not looking. So you don't worry about them. You focus on the ones who are looking. One of the biggest time wasters I always teach in my coaching is that you work, don't try to convince people or don't try to, I, I call, you know, downlines who quit. Don't try to revive the debt because it's easier to give birth than to revive the debt. And David talked about his quality, the quality of the opportunity of the business of network marketing is not the issue because everyone sees it as a great business model, but it's looking for the right people. And the competition is not other companies. And that's why I do ML Nation. That's why the show is called ML Nation, right? ML Nation, because if, if we're to get all the people in direct selling, we have 100 million people. It's a nation. It's one-third the size of the U.S. It's four times the size of Australia. We're all in this together. The competition is people who are not MLM companies. The competition is people who are distractions. Competition is TV. Or the competition is the myth and the lies that corporations tell to give their employees, to give them, make them think that they can retire and live comfortably. That's the competition. We need to go out and tell people. <clears throat> but the, the biggest thing that prevents people from joining is you have to get over their fears. 
right? The fears. Uh, and he's great. most people are not joining because they don't think they can do it. You know, and he talked about us. We are, you know, we as humans were capable of so much more than we are, than we believe, right? We're capable of so much more to do great things. But we don't believe it. And your prospects don't believe that. And your prospects may be negative or maybe they heard some bad stories. And I love that what he says is most people say no. And he, he, asks, he would say this. What you really think is you really can't do this. So you're telling me all these things. You don't have time. You don't have money. This doesn't work. But, you, but what you're really thinking is you can't do this. That's why you're saying that. Right? And you asked him, have you, what, what happened? You, he, I like the way he said it. He even shared a bad story. He go and share a bad story of some bad distributor that did it the bad way. So he, so he admits that, yeah, sometimes people do it the wrong way, but there are also a lot of people successful, right? And if you meet someone who's successful, can you deny that this business doesn't work? Only, and that's why, by the way, going to events is so important because if you go to an event, you're going to find one person who's successful. To, you cannot deny that this business does not work. Now, the second part of fear is fear of yourself. Hold What's hold you back? Right, you push yourself constantly. Push yourself outside the comfort zone. And Dave, he didn't like talking, meeting new people. Right, he would set these rules and games, like like he had to get a co-market, meet someone. He can't. He couldn't go to the bathroom until he met someone. Right, and this business is like MLM. It's like a gym. Going to the gym, we like to slack off. Right, so that's why having an upline, a mentor, or you don't have one like a coach, someone that pushes you, it's so important. And even for me, my I would not be where I am wasn't for some of you know him, and I always mention give him his credit. Steve Schwartz, he pushed me at the beginning to get to to take to the next level, and then once I got to them, years later, I needed another coach to push me. Even today, I have a coach that pushes me to get better because we as humans we tend to want to slack off. Right, if you're at the gym, you, we tend to kind of slack off. You can get motivated for a short term or time, but long run, you are going to slack off a little bit. Not do the push-ups, not you know, do a little lighter weight, run a little slower. So having a coach and mentor that pushes you is extremely important. Second thing, if you're training your downlines, the best way is spending time with them and wa- have them watch you in action. Have them watch your effort. Have them watch your consistency as they spend time because that's how people learn. Think about how you learn it at a job. You learn by modeling. By watching, right? And they your habits, right? The habits you developed are probably the habits you, you picked up by, from your friends or from your parents or how you grew up. Spend time your downlines. Have them watch you. That's, that's really what leadership is about. It's about leading by example. Um, let me go through some more notes here. Inviting, yeah, inviting people, helping them do things. A lot of times people don't have those habits. You want to invite them and get them to do them. David also was, you know, was brave enough. Thank you for his transparency, sharing the courage. You know, he... It was like a downline those, you know, that uh, said some negative things, and he sent a voicemail to his upline that was bashing them, but accidentally sent it to his entire organization. Think about the consequences. Uh, this is kind of like the you know, emailing, be accidentally emailed to an entire group, right? Something negative. You wish you didn't hit that send button. And uh, you know, that's what leadership is. What he said, tell the truth, own the mistake. Don't ever criticize, complain. And great tip is whatever you say about someone, assume that eventually they will hear it. So be careful of what you say. And if you do make a mistake, just own it. Uh, last two things is like, um, is, you know, we're freedom, right? We're this business about creating freedom. And that's why he, you know, it's very super inspired. How many of you were inspired? But he shared, but he went to the Ukraine when Russia and the Ukraine had a little battle. And I, I, I don't really, you know, know what the details, but it was war. He lost two distributors because of the violence there, right? But he was out there promoting because 
This business gives people freedom. Even, you know, in those countries, second, third world, even they learn earn a couple hundred dollars, maybe two, three hundred dollars a month, it makes a huge difference for people. It allows them to create a lot of opportunities for freedom. And not just those countries, in the US, so you earn an extra two to three hundred, it can make a big deal. Last thing is I love that he talked about uh, the story about Mandavi. You know, if you like a wine lover, I, mean, I love wine. Robert Mandavi, he basically owns the Napa Valley. He made a huge impact. But to promote it, he promoted the Napa Valley, the location. He didn't necessarily, he did not necessarily promote his wines. He promoted the region. And, you know, we are, it's like the rising tide, right? When the tide goes up, all the ships go up, go up. And as that's why the industry, we stay strong. That's why we are ML Nation. We are together. We're an awesome profession supporting each other grow. Because as we grow, Right? It's even a different company grows, we all grow together. Think about it. If everyone in network market, even quote-unquote, you think they're not your competitors, other companies, they do well, people will be more open to this awesome business, awesome profession. You know, that's why I'm loud and proud to be in network market. I love this profession. And that's why I started, you know, my purpose during life was the positive impact as many lives as possible. I did ML Nation because I, I want to be what David's doing. I want to be part of the rising tide, increases profession. So anyway, Awesome episode. Make sure you reach out to David Vanderveen. If you like this, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Uh, not just only does it motivate me, it helps other distributors find the show and also motivates our team. We have a team of five people that work very hard to put each one of these episodes together. So subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Share this on social media. Share this on Facebook. And make it happen, you know. We are freedom fighters. You are all working in the same profession. I love this profession. I'm Simon Chan. I'm loud and proud to be in network marketing. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.